Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I remember coming into the room like I was going to make him laugh, but the door shut as I was running in and I knocked myself out. And that was funny, you know. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. This podcast is all about empowerment and open conversations with incredible guests. So let's get straight into it. Today, we are joined by someone we've all loved since we saw her in St. Trinian's. It's Gemma Arterton. Since then, we've seen Gemma do it all, from a bond girl in Quantum of Solace to starring in Sky's amazing new show, Funny Woman. It's a laugh-out-loud drama that follows Gemma's character, Barbara, who bins off life as a Blackpool beauty queen to pursue TV stardom in swinging 60s London. One of the many reasons I'm so excited to have Gemma on the podcast is because she's always stood up and made her voice heard. She's campaigned for equal pay, called out toxic behaviour, and today we talk about how far we've come, but also how much further we need to go. And if the everyday sexism Gemma still faces is anything to go by, then we need to keep being loud about it. We also take a deep dive into the controversial topic of WhatsApp voice note etiquette. And while Gemma's CV is jam-packed, she has her sights set on a new major career move, appearing on the Love of Hunts Instagram account. She's a bit of us and we love her. Hello, Gemma. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, um... <laughs> I'm currently in uh, Ireland in the countryside and um, surrounded, literally surrounded by cows. Like, I look out the window, there are cows out there. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Is this some sort of retreat <laughs> we're on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Are we getting an no. escape? I mean, it is kind of like a retreat because it's so gorgeous. But no, it's my my husband Rory is doing a TV show here, and so we've all relocated to County Clare um, on the west coast of Ireland for months. So that's where I am. Stunning, love that. Stunning, and beautiful, <laughs> stunning. Just you, the cows, and like working on that peace I mean, of mind. Love it. That's my life right now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, my life right now has been high key obsessed with Funny Woman. I mean, everyone needs <laughs> oh. to run to Sky Max to watch this series in full. And I mean, my mum called me to be like, you need to watch the show. It's so funny. My boyfriend's obsessed with the show. And I mean, if you got the gays and the girls and the mums involved, it's really for everyone, isn't it? 
I mean, what else do you need in life is <laughs> gays and girls and mums. That's, you know, sod the others. No, I'm so happy that it's reached y'all. No, we, we are, thank you so much for your lovely compliments on, on the show. Because it's so funny, like, it came out, we made it a, a while ago now. And since then, um, I've had a baby. And, and, it kept, and when the baby was born, it was like, that's when the show came out. And so I've had my mind on other stuff, you yeah. know. <laughs> and I forget that it's out there and people are watching it and enjoying it and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, that thing, thing I did when I had a waistline. Yeah, but I'm glad. Um, I'm glad people are seeing it and enjoying it. I mean, you have been quite busy creating a whole human being, so I kind of understand how you might be a bit distracted right now. A bit slightly distracted. Slightly distracted. Earlier on today, I listened to a voice note that I hadn't listened to of one of my friends telling me that she was pregnant. And it was a month and a half ago that she sent me this voice note. And I've only just listened to it today. And I was like, I'm so sorry, babe. I, you told me some massive news. And that was the day when the baby was kicking off or something. And I just didn't look at my messages. And what an, a terrible friend I am. But um, that's, that's <laughs> the reality of my life at the moment. Don't send me a voice note because I won't listen to it for a month <laughs> and a half. Do you know what? My <laughs> WhatsApps are literally like a graveyard. Like, I mean, so, and I don't have an excuse for becoming like a first time mum. So, <laughs> we're all in this boat together. It's terrible, isn't it? It's the worst. And the worst is when you, like, that was a genuine mistake of like not noticing. But the worst is when you know that you've got to respond and then weeks go by and it's on the back, in the back of your head, isn't it? You're mm. like, got to respond to that, got to respond to that. And you just don't. And this is it's such a modern problem. <laughs> anyway, I digress. I digress. But the worst are when they're like they're like a full on podcast. Like my friend sent me one that was like five minutes long. And I was like, <laughs> and you almost have to take notes before you can actually reply. Like, so I have to listen yeah. to it. Take You've notes, got to remember then, the Yeah. And there's some key plot twists you might miss in that. <laughs> yeah. But I do do you do that thing where you speed it up? Like mm. listen to it on three in two times the speed so you can get through it quickly. Yeah. I recommend that anyone that receives a, a voice note from me does that because mine go on and on. Might to be fair, mine go on. <laughs> <laughs> You're like on a time suit. This actually caused a like a slight argument with my friends when she found out like put her on the speed times two. She's like, what do you mean? And I was like, they are very long though, babes. Do you know what I mean? No, you've got to do that. Yeah. I feel like at the beginning of my messages, I always go, by the way, this is a speed times two message and then <laughs> commence the message. <laughs> I love that. We're getting into the WhatsApp voice note etiquette. <laughs> what, rules <laughs> yeah. 101. Rules 101. And be generous. Tell people if they need to put it on a two times speed. If you know you're going to send a long message, it's going to be a monologue tell them in advance. Gemma, I'm um, thrilled we're already <laughs> off to some key life lessons today. Key. <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons why, back to finding women for a hot second yeah, before we get too, too into the WhatsApp voice notes. One of the things I love about it so much is you are so funny, like, in this show. Like, honestly, your comedic timing is hilarious. How great was it to flex your funny bone. That's how she's she's said that out loud. That sounds so like slightly kinky. <laughs> oh, I but love we will, flexing we will my roll funny with bone. it. Flex that funny bone, babes. Yeah. I, it sounds like Jane Fonda kind of workout from the eighties. Um 
Do you, you know, it is, it's, it's just a dream. You know, I've done comedy in on stage before, which is like one of the fa- my favourite ever things to do, um, comedy on stage um, in plays, but never really in telly or film. I have done comedy, comedic stuff, but usually it's not like madcap or uh, slapstick or um, I don't know. This was, you know, a different thing. And there is... If for anyone that hasn't seen Funny Woman, it's um, also got loads of drama stuff in it. So it's mm. not just comedy, but I get to do this, um, quite a lot of stuff that I really enjoy, like physical comedy. Um, and it was great. I, 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 I think, I remember when I read the book, because it's based on a Nick Hornby book, um, I read it and I thought, oh, I could do that. I know I could do that. But I don't think it's necessarily, if you've not, you might, if if you didn't know me personally, you wouldn't necessarily imagine me in that role because I think mm. before that I've done quite sort of not serious, but I have done quite serious work, um, and stuff that's quite like uh, you know self assured and but that's not really who I am. So this was the first time that I really got to kind of express my true self on screen. Like I am, I am quite sort of silly and I crash around and fall over quite a lot and drop things and um <laughs> so it was nice it was just nice to be able to to do that on screen and go for it one thing I want to know is what is your mm. worst slash best <laughs> go-to joke though like what's your like your cringe joke which is a good go-to a solid go-to for you a solid go-to that is podcast uh, approved because there's one that is really naughty that I just couldn't possibly say. But in in lieu of that, I will tell you my go-to naff joke, which is two monkeys are in a bath and one goes, oh, ah, and the other one goes, well, put some cold in then. <laughs> Got it? I, I love that one. <laughs> I just love that joke. I love the fact that the other monkey had some sort of like East London kind of. Yeah, oh, definitely. No, yeah, the East I London's said. like a hun. The East London's like where I'm from, like from from Kent. It's like we'll put some cold in, you idiot. You know, like it's yeah. That's the other monkey. Proper one monkey territory. sort of speaks in monkey speak. The other one, hun. The other one's a hun. Like babes, put some cold in. Adele, you know. <laughs> I love that. And speaking of Huns, I really feel like Barbara is a certified Hun. Let's get real. She's a mega babe. Oh, oh How... I hope so. I hope she'll yeah, eventually she be in love with Huns. <laughs> Do you know what, Jemmy? You've got a lot on the CV and I feel like that's something that's lacking. <laughs> we need to get you on Love of Huns more. Oh my God. I don't think I've ever been on Love of Huns, but what if I ever do, I will be very honoured and privileged. I mean... I don't know, you know, the Hun thing is so specific, isn't it? It's yeah, it so is. specific. Um, but yeah, you gotta love love a Hun. I just love a Hun. You gotta love a Hun. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we love Barbara. And I feel like you really did become that character. And I was reading you worked with a movement coach, right, to become her yeah. and work on like the physical comedy. And did you have to do some like quite crazy exercises like what did you have to do to become Barbara (laughs) um so I did because she does all this physical comedy and there is this 
slight innocence to her, this like clownish innocence to her. I wanted to work with a movement coach, um, this amazing movement coach called Toby Sedgwick, who um, he trained, he's a, he, he sort of is a clown in a way, you know, he, he trained at Lecoq, which is a, you know, a physical theatre school in Paris, and they do a lot of stuff with clowning. And so um, I remember we met up and we didn't know each other. We'd met like once, we'd have a co- had a coffee and then <laughs> day one go in and he's like, put these noses on and do all this crazy stuff. For example, you know, he will just clowning. It's when you find your clown, you have to kind of strip away all of the, I don't know, like all of the artifice and all of the strength. And you have to kind of strip it all away until you're just this like vulnerable being and that's what clowns are they're they're kind of like these very open vulnerable beings and and that's what makes them funny it's kind of also tragic and um I remember just desperately trying to make him laugh and he'd just be like it's not funny it's not funny it's not funny and you end up going so far to make someone laugh that it becomes tragic and then it's funny when you're kind of desperate and I remember crashing, literally, I remember running into a fire door by accident. I remember coming into the room like I was going to make him laugh, but the door shut as I was running in and I knocked myself out. And that was funny, you know. <laughs> it was an accident. It was an accident. No, and, and then I remember we did all this other stupid stuff like um, he'd, get, he'd get these cards that would say, you know, they'd have all different emotions and expressions on them like... Um, uh anger and you'd have to go to the extreme you'd physically express anger in the most extreme way without words and stuff or uh joy or da 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 and then you kind of i don't know you find this physical language and then that's anyway that was how i sort of started finding barbara the the, the real thing was is that i just needed to kind of find my individual plan which is quite eager to please and um quite innocent and wide-eyed and um anyway so there's times in the show where I imagined being a clown even though you can't really see that um on screen but there are scenes where I'd put the metaphorical red nose on and be a clown um in the show <laughs> I'm probably not making any sense but you're making welcome to my sense. world <laughs> I kind of feel like everyone needs to find their own inner clown. Yeah, it's a really liberating thing. And it's also really revealing. Mm. Like I realise that I am just so desperate to please. Like I'm so desperate for you to, you know, want to, you know, to want to find me funny or whatever it is, like to be good at something. And I realise, oh, wow, my clown, my inner clown, my kind of true self is this like little girl that's desperately trying to mm. win you over. <laughs> it's quite sort of amazing finding out that stuff. Um, and um, if anyone wants to do a clowning course, I mean, it's a um, pretty out there thing to do, but it's also really good fun. And and it's also amazing. It's quite profound. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it puts you more in touch with your vulnerable side and also teaches you and you, especially, I guess, working with a movement coach, you learn more about your physicality in a way too. What did you learn about your own relationship with your physicality through playing her in a way? Yeah. Well, I've always been a very physical person, very physical actor. I started off before I did all the films and drama school and all of that. I started off doing, going to a 
going to college to do physical theatre. And um, so, you know, that's like devised stuff, lots of acrobatics and um, uh, creating story through movement. And um, that was where I really started and wanted to, that was the kind of field that I wanted to go into as an actor. And then all of this other stuff, like going to traditional drama school and Shakespeare and, you know, it's just so not my forte or, or where my background, I guess. And so that's where I've always been. And so my in has always been physicality and finding the physical aspect of the character first um, um, rather than uh, thinking about the text or, you know, mm. being cerebral. I'm definitely more of a physical actor. Um, and so, yeah, I... Uh, I guess with Barbara, it was just, you know, I need, I knew she was very physical, very, very physically different to me in that she's, she is a physical actor herself as well. You know, there's moments in the show where she finds that that's part of her comedy. Um, and if we have subsequent series, I'm sure it will go down that road where Barbara's physicality and how she can manipulate her body and how she can transform and how she can be funny physically is one of her fortes, which is quite bizarre considering that she has this sort of um, glamorous exterior. Mm. Um, I find that quite an interesting juxtaposition. Like she's seen as this bombshell, but actually she can be quite grotesque and do sort of funny things with her body. Um, so yeah, that was, um, finding that was kind of key but also just like running down the street and how that would be when you're wearing stilettos and you've got big hair and stuff and you know that that movement and was a sort of big one for uh like working out how she moves and, yeah. <laughs> and all that the odds are stacked against you running in those conditions the odds are stacked but i managed <laughs> i managed i did break my <laughs> shoes um a couple of times get the stiletto there's this line where i say i got my stiletto stuck in a manhole and it's true i actually did <laughs> get my stiletto stuck in a manhole and snapped it off <laughs> anyway i love that when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply the show is set in the 1960s and it is a world that is still very dominated by men and the entertainment industry. I mean, this kind of feels like nothing's really changed when we actually say this out loud, but entertainment industry was still very obsessed with stereotypes of women and definitely like we were just touching on the sexualization of women and the physicality of women. Yeah. When you stepped back into that kind of 1960s world, how much did it make you reflect on how far we've come and also kind of alerted you to how much further we still need to go, especially in terms of representing women and the stereotypes of women. Yeah. Well, you know, like Morwenna Banks, who wrote the series, um, is an amazing comic herself and um, and has put a lot of her own lived experience mm. as, a, as a comic living in 
uh, woman growing up in comedy. She looks like Barbara as well. She's got long blonde hair. She often wears a beehive. She's very attractive, um, petite, and um, had put, as I said, put a lot of her own experiences in. And that was sort of until quite recently she had, you know, execs telling her that she couldn't be attractive and funny. And that was until very recently we had mm. uh, that. There has been that sort of attitude towards uh, attractive women in comedy. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, I the other day I was literally I was at a premiere, a, a screening thing, and someone was literally staring at my boobs as I was talking to them about the show. And I just thought, um, there's a bit in episode one where she's yeah. being interviewed by a journalist, and he just stares at her boobs, and she's like, "Hello, I am here. If you want to ask me anything, that happens all the time." And listen, if you've got, a, I'm not saying that I've got great boobs, especially after having a baby. But um, if you've got great boobs and they're really attractive, yes, okay, look at them. But I don't know. It's like there is still that going on um, in our business. Um, and there are certain dinosaurs that are still working, I guess, to this day. But it yeah. has changed a lot, thankfully, since the 60s. But there's definitely, you know, still things where I feel like there are, it's more about the the dinosaurs that are still working where you kind of have to shape them and go, hello, this is, you know, 2023. We don't do that anymore. Um, but yeah, it's uh, thankfully changed a lot. But a lot of the things as well um, in the show feel very prevalent still. I mean, I definitely feel that there's still um, this wanting to pigeonhole people Um if you are glamorous, then you have to be glamorous all the time. Or if you're funny, then, you know, I feel that to a certain extent sometimes that people like to pigeonhole people. Um, but yeah, it's thankfully vastly different today, but it's still, that's why I think the, the series still resonates because there are still things going on. It's so sad though, that we are still living in a world where we still hear and see everyday sexism all the time and I think there must be so many times where you literally want to like a la Barbara kick it in the cock right yeah yes definitely I I think it is it's, it's funny isn't it because you could like the other day when the guy was looking at my boobs I could have just been like you're looking at my boobs we stopped looking at my boobs and I didn't mm. because I was like oh it's you know not the right thing to do and I should just pretend it's not happening and um which is what I did is I just pretended it wasn't happening and, and kind of laughed at it. Um, and I guess if I had said, can you just not stare at my boobs and when you're talking to me, <laughs> it would have made things really awkward and a bit weird. Yeah. But I guess that's what we have to do if we want things to change, don't we? We have to stop doing that and 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 call it call it out. I mean, in that particular occasion it was just like annoying to be honest. It was just it was just a bit like, oh God's sake, you know, really. But um yeah, there's there's still, of course, you know, there's it's 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 everywhere. It's all over. I mean, everyday sexism, mm. that amazing um, uh, amazing site, has so much stuff on it that says, you know, what people are facing day to day. You know, being catcalled and groped, and you know, it's still going on. So, um, but yeah, uh, so it's really tragic. I mean, in in episode one, uh, literally in this first scene, she gets crown miss blackpool and like the mayor of blackpool pinches a bum and slaps a bum and 
you know, and she just goes, oh, <laughs> but I feel like that's still often the way that you have to deal with these things or we feel we have to deal with mm. these things because otherwise you have to kind of start something and it's really difficult, but it's actually what you have to do is stop is to call it out and say, mm. no, 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 can you, can you not do that? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. It can be quite scary to use your voice at different times. Yeah. One of the reasons I've always really admired you is because you've always spoken up, you've always used your voice and like you've done that time and time again, especially around Me Too and feminism in the entertainment industry and calling out on equal pay. And like, that's a very scary thing to do in, in an entertainment industry where you still in the back of your mind, like, I need to work, I want to work, but will this set me back? Yeah. And Barbara also is campaigning to have her voice be heard too. Is it... Has there been some turning points in you prompting you to use your voice more and to speak out more? Yeah, I mean, when you have personal experiences where you have, where you literally go, oh, that's enough is enough now. I'm just over that now. And mm. I think, you know, back when all of this Time's Up Me Too stuff was happening, it just felt like this is the time to speak up. But even before then, I was speaking up and I remember doing I was speaking up about equal pay or something I don't know you know just feminist shit and um this American manager came to see me in a show and he literally said can you stop the feminism thing because it's not doing you any favors and I remember thinking I just can't help it it's the what it's like I it's the way I am I have to mm. and then many years later the same guy was then like behind the whole Me Too thing and his, you know, clients are all speaking out. And I just remember thinking, God, there's so hip such a hypocrisy in this industry of, you know, when it suits people, it's they'll speak out because it's like the zeitgeist or something and it's a mm. fashionable thing to do or others are doing it. But actually for people to, you know, be speaking out because they really feel they should or they need to and I remember thinking that I think that until the Me Too and the Harvey Weinstein thing a lot of people were scared to use their voice because there was this ridiculous attitude towards women who did and um, that it was going to hold their careers back or it would make people think that you've got all feminist now and you're all you know tough and you can't do your job properly which is absolutely ridiculous um, but it's different now and there's this great solidarity and it's just a whole different world but yeah I, I remember mm. you know back then when I was kind of saying certain certain things about you know the way the industry has had treated me when I was younger that was sort of a, a little bit of a risky thing to do um but now it's like whatever you know now I guess everyone's everyone's talking yeah. which is really great it's so different it's really great when do you feel like you've been the proudest of using your voice um it, yeah it probably was around the equal pay stuff um and getting the movement and the equal pay act amended when we went to parliament and um uh this was back in 2015 and 16 um and getting equal you know the equal pay act for equal work and that was really a mo a really big moment and I was just really proud of it. But also, you know, like doing this doing this stuff with me too and time's up, that was a really cool time in um in my life actually of of mm. activism and using my voice and putting myself out there a bit more and it was a bit freaky. I had to call actors up and 
talk to them and some of them were a bit like oh I'm not doing that and then you'd have to like keep pushing them and actors can be quite difficult <laughs> I've, I've learned I was like oh I'm really scared <laughs> to call this person and and um, their age would be like just call her she you know she'll snap at you but you know she will do what you say um and that was it's it was a really cool thing you know to be involved in so those times I guess and it's one of those moments where you take the plunge and you dive in that deep end and you go, right, I'm going to do this because I have to do this. And that's what Barbara does in the show. She's like, you know, she's back in Blackpool. She's like, this isn't enough for me. I want to dive into that deep end. I want to give it a go. And for you, was it amazing to reflect back on to you starting out in this industry? And what did diving in at the deep end look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Barbara she ditches Blackpool and she goes to London and she's like I'm gonna live the life and then she gets there and she starts working in a shoe uh, a hat section of a you know like um a milliner's basically and um lives in a really really dingy flat and um I remember when I first moved to London um going there with exactly the same mindset like London was this amazing place of opportunity, which it is. Um, but I lived in a basement, like a literal basement um, that smelled of damp and had a tiny window like a prison cell. And I was so happy to be there. I was like, this is London. And I could hear people <laughs> walking above me, like, because I was living under the pavement. Um, but yeah, and just having, it's such a lovely thing actually being young and not having any expectations on life, just sort of being in it and seeing what life throws at you. And that's where I was at when I first moved to London and started this this job, I guess. And then, you know, like in the show, loads of stuff's chucked at you and you go, oh, okay. It's not how I imagined, but it's all part of the, um, the journey of the whole thing, I guess. living life living life I mean that's just reminding me when I moved to London I was living in like a basement flat in Brixton where you literally just like surrounded by mold but I was like I am living the dream yeah (laughs) and you're so grateful I'm the opposite of living the dream but it is the dream it's like it's such a lovely thing I think I couldn't wait to move to London I was desperate I was like the day that I could do it I was like bye-bye and I left (laughs) and anywhere if I could have lived anywhere and it be in a London postcode I would have been happy out and you know that's such a lovely thing isn't it you know um and then you get older and you're like oh darling there's mold on the walls I'm not living here but um back then I I didn't care (laughs) if you could go back to um that you who was living under the pavement so to speak in that in that apartment in inverted commas and you could be a friend to her what would you want to say to her now knowing everything you've learned um oh god I do you know what I think I would say to her to stand up for herself a bit more I think when I was younger Mm. I was so I think I was just so bright-eyed bushy-tailed and grateful to be allowed to do anything that I I would not speak out up when I thought I sh- you know when I felt like something wasn't quite right or I wouldn't have confidence in myself and my abilities and um and I see like these young women now that have all this amazing confidence and not in a kind of um uh 
not in a kind of over the top way where they're overly confident, but just have the kind of, it's the younger generation to mine who have kind of gone through this new wave of feminism and just know their self-worth. And I would, would say to my younger self, you know, live your life, go for it, do it. But um, also know when you can push back, know when you can say, oh, no, 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 hang on. I know that's not quite right for me or uh, don't speak to me like that or, you know, that's what I'd say to her. I love that. Well, I think she'd be very proud of you. And I think if she could watch <laughs> you on screen and Funny Women, she'd be like, she can do it all. Oh. <laughs> territory. I mean, oh. babes, you sing, you do comedy, you do the drama, you're serving up in spades. Oh, it's like a buffet you. of acting watching that show. Oh, thank you so much. I love that. A buffet of acting. I wish we'd gotten that in an, an so, official review. We could have put that underneath well, the poster. i'll give you that review for the second season because we need the second season so i'll reiterate that comment thank you (laughs) and then we can pop that on a poster excellent (laughs) i'd love that a buffet of acting from ms arterton (laughs) oh love that sensational makes it so sophisticated it's not the most sophisticated buffet i've ever been to oh god don't you just love a buffet i absolutely love a buffet Uh, a breakfast buffet. It, it, just, it just hits differently. Mm-hmm. It's the best. The best. The best. It's the best. Well, before we go off and hit that buffet, we always <laughs> end on one final question that always is, in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you'll always live by? Oh, God. It has... I know it sounds... I'm sure you've had people that have already said this as well, but it's treat others as you would want to be treated yourself um I just I think as I go through life and get older I realize that that's one of the most valuable things in life is the way you behave with others and the way you make others feel um so I think that's it yeah I love that well that is it's been sensational talking to you Gemma sensational so much love for you so much love for this show <laughs> oh thank you so and much and the buffet thank gets you. five stars from me excellent oh I love it five star buffet brilliant <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here for this episode of Rain. If there are things that resonate with you, I'd love to hear from you. Get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe or follow and share this with someone you think should hear it. Let's get those convos going because that is what this podcast is all about. Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. 
You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.